1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. They told me to, you know, learn from it. Uh, that you know, they need, need me on the floor. They need me, you know, out there playing good basketball. Um, you know, got got to be a leader. Um, yeah, so they told me to, you know, I gotta learn from this, you know, so it happened now, but, you know, it can happen in the playoffs, it can happen in a big game, so I was 100% right, you know, my fault, fellas. Um, you're 100% right, I gotta learn from this, and, uh, but they know me, they know that I've done a great job, you know, to keep my composure, they was like, okay, you know, it's uh, it's uh acceptable, and it's human for Jan to, you know, lose it for a second once, you know, but um, at the end of the day, they told me I gotta learn from it, and right, you know, and uh, hopefully it doesn't uh, repeat itself in the future. There you go. Those are the words of
0: Giannis Sidenacumpo after last night's headbutting incident. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our good friend uh, Eric Name and uh, our Milwaukee basketball insider. Eric, uh, I would expect that he is not going to be playing tomorrow night, correct?
1: Yeah, I would be shocked if if he doesn't get uh, game suspension for the headbutt. That's kind of been the league president, as I wrote about last night at the Athletic. Uh, I mean the most recent headbutting incident is Kevin Garnett in twenty fifteen headbutted Dwight Howard and got a game. If you go further back than that in 2013, to beat uh headbutted uh Greg Steemsma, Randolph native Greg Steamsma, uh, and got himself a game for that as well. So that's kind of been the line for for a headbutt. So I would guess uh, at some point today that'll come down, and and Giannis will not play in the the final seeding game tomorrow against the Grizzlies. So
0: do you buy into the fact that they're just still rusty and he needs to play, or, you know, Giannis is Giannis and everybody else just kind of has to get on that same page?
1: I think Giannis has played incredibly well uh, during all of this. And, you know, I think for the most part he's still going to be – even with, you know, playing only a first half and only playing 10 minutes last night, you know, in the games he's played, he's still averaging 27 and 12. So if you take out the fact that he played 60 minutes in one of those games, 10 minutes in the other, uh, those averages look pretty much like they always look. I think it was something like 34 and 13. Uh, so he he's still really good. Um, I think the the big problem is just the fact that he's not going to have the win that he quite needs yet. Uh, You know, we've talked with Giannis about this uh, pretty much every season he's ever played. Uh, Ever since he has become one of the main guys on this Bucs roster, he always says at the start of the year that he doesn't quite feel like himself. And he needs to get himself into better game shape. And uh, obviously, when he's putting up those numbers and playing as well as he is, that could seem kind of crazy. But I think it really reflects in the fouls that he picks up both offensively and defensively. I think when you watch him and you see him at the start of the year, his moves aren't quite as quick offensively, so that can be a few more charges. And then defensively, it's a little bit more reaching in. It's being just, you know, half a second late on a block attempt and picking up fouls that he doesn't normally pick up. So uh, I think, you know, he still has a ways to go. I think missing a game because of the oral surgery that he had to have the other day and then uh, – only playing 10 minutes last night and then getting ejected and likely suspended for the last one. I, I think it hurts. Like, I, I do think they do do think he believes he has a long way.
0: Do you think that uh, we, we were talking about clutch players. Do you think Middleton has become that clutch guy? They do we lose him?
1: A- There he is. There I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think they have a player, I guess they have a play that they believe in. Their play is always going to be put the ball in Chris Middleton's hands and put him and Giannis in a pick and roll. And I think we've seen time and time again that makes it really difficult on defenses. It's a really tough spot to put a defense in because one, you have to stop Middleton off the dribble. He's one of the best players off the dribble in the league. Six foot eight, tough to defend. So you really need to be up in his airspace to keep him from shooting that. If you do that, there's a good chance that you're going to surrender uh, you know, a little bounce pass to Giannis, a lob to Giannis, and you're going to get dunked on by Giannis. And if you don't want to surrender that and take that away, you're going to leave a wide open shooter on the backside. And a lot of the times I think that's what teams are going to end up deciding, uh, but that leads to kind of situations like we saw the other night against the Mavericks where George Hill, the best three-point shooter in the league shot nearly 50% from three this season. Had a wide-open three in rhythm, wide open, no one around him. And I think we're going to see teams live with that. But I do think the Bucks have a lot of faith in Chris Middleton to make the right play in those moments, whether it's the pass shots, whether it's his own shot, uh, or whether it's none of that happening and then finding a wide-open shooter. I think that is what they believe in. And Chris has shown kind of time and time again that he can handle that. And I think the big question is whether or not he can do it in the postseason because everyone wonders if Chris Middleton can handle
0: that. Um, Looking around the rest of this team, Dante DiVincenzo, when you talk about shooters, Kyle Korver, you've got enough guys that can put it up that you can rely upon. Uh, But a guy like DiVincenzo, who was so good during the regular season, has struggled a little bit in the bubble. Has it just been the shooting backgrounds? Has it just been getting comfortable? What do you think it's been?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think most of the players believe this to be a pretty friendly shooting environment. I think with Dante, it's just not finding a rhythm. Uh, You know, times where he would shoot, he's driving. Times where he would drive, he's shooting. When he is driving, he can't figure out if it's time to pass or shoot. He just doesn't really look to have a good feel. And so often this year, that's kind of what you could really count on him for, was making the right decision making the right play, and that was a big reason why the Bucks took him two years ago in the draft, is because he played for Jay Wright, and he is one of those guys that comes out of that Villanova system that tends to make the right decisions, make the right plays, and he just really hasn't. And, you know, talking to Dante, he said that he needs to get in a better, better rhythm, and his teammates are helping him out, and, you know, he's feeling good, he, he just has to see it a little bit better, but if that's the case, and you know there's no ailment or there's no conditioning problem or anything like that, uh, that makes it a little bit tougher to find because how do you find that which is elusive? Like how do you find rhythm when it's something that's so tough to define? So uh, we'll see if he can kind of find that in the next little while. But I think that first round series against the Magic is going to be really big for the Bucks in – in a lot of ways, and one of them is Dante DiVincenzo getting back to the form that he had kind of found in the middle of the season. The
0: uh, the other participating uh, members around Giannis, obviously Brook Lopez, he's really kind of found his rhythm. So if you want to talk about some of the positives, that's one of the positives. He's been shooting the ball really well.
1: Yeah, he has been spectacular from the three-point line, and that is really, really a game-changer for the Bucks. If he can make teams – Pay for leaving him open by the three-point line. The Bucks really go up a level because last year in the postseason he was only shooting, you know, 28% from the three-point line. And when you're shooting that low of a percentage, teams are just gonna say, "All right, man, take that shot. We don't care. We're gonna make sure that we have our centers here at the rim to stop Giannis. And if you beat us, you beat us. If that number moves up to." 36% Thirty six percent, like it was during the regular season last year, or you know, in the bubble, it's up over forty. If it's around there, man, like it, it gets really tough to defend this Bucks team. And on top of that, the Bucks defense is at its absolute best when Brooke Lopez is back there protecting the rim. So if he can stretch the floor enough to stay on the floor offensively, you get him defensively, and the Bucks become really, really difficult to beat. So him finding his rhythm would be absolutely huge for the Bucks. And especially because they've used him in the post as well to to punish mismatches. And he's been great doing that all year. So if you can put that whole package together, all of a sudden you have your third most important player. And, you know, it's not Eric Butzo anymore. It's Brooke Lopez because of what he can do both offensively and defensively. The
0: uh the defense at times, talking about the defense, has not looked good. It's been a lot of guys collapsing on the ball. They've left shooters wide open beyond the arc, specifically in the corners. Uh do you see that changing? Uh or is this something that they're just gonna have to outshoot and overcome?
1: I think the Bucks defense is always going to be focused on stopping everything at the rim. That's how Mike Boonholder has built that over the last two years and that's how they had frankly, a historic defense this year. This is maybe the best defense of the modern era uh, if they would have gotten a chance to finish up this year. So I I don't know that you're going to really find a ton of, you know, super quick adjustments from Mike Boonholzer in regards to defense because I don't think he believes it's actually a problem. Like, as long as they're stopping people at the rim, and I I think they believe that they can live with a three-point shooting. And I I think why people have freaked out is – totally understandable. You see the Rockets put up 61 threes. You see the Nets put up 57 threes. You see the Mavericks have the game that they do, but I think the one thing that is important to remind everyone is that Luka Doncic and James Harden are historical offensive players. The the reason why you're seeing all of those numbers and you're seeing them really struggle to struggle the three-point line is because those two guys are so insanely talented that the Bucks just I mean, there's there's not other guys like that. that. You know, the the Nets kinda joke that, Oh yeah, the Rockets gave us some hints by the pool or whatever it was to beat the Bucs and it's like, well, unless you, you're gonna the hint is take James Harden for the night, you're not gonna be able to do the same things. You're not gonna be able to do that the same way that those teams are and it's the same way with the Mavericks and the problems that they gave the Bucks. You're just not gonna find another Luka Doncic out there. So I, I think against the top Eastern Conference teams know that it's a huge problem, especially now seeing, you know, Ben Simmons out with an injury. You've seen Joel Embiid struggling with an ankle. It sounds like he's going to be back, but that could be a real problem. So you take down the talent on the Sixers, and then the Celtics and Raptors uh, are our teams that I think the Bucks feel pretty comfortable with.
0: Talking with Eric Name, our Milwaukee basketball insider, before I let you go. So, uh, look, uh, the the defense on one hand hasn't been great. Uh, the unforced turnovers have been somewhat alarming. They've tried to clean it up at times. Um, is there a consistency issue here where it's just guys are just simply out of rhythm and they're still playing themselves into a rhythm, into a cohesive – because I, th- I really thought that the way this team – was together that they this would be something of the past, we would not be sitting here worrying about the amount of turnovers that this team has had at any one given time. So, do you see this thing getting any better?
1: Yeah, I think once they get to the playoffs, this will get cleaned up quite a bit. Um, I think there's some rhythm issues. I think the fact that they've had to really integrate different lineups the entirety of the time that they've been there, you know, they start without Eric Butts on Pat Connaughton and then. Bledsoe and Contender are kind of in, and then one game Bud decides that they're only going to play the first half against the Nets, uh, and then Giannis is out with oral surgery, and then he's ejected, and you're just kind of going through all these different alignments where you're not seeing the, the same starting lineup, the same Bucks team that you know we've kind of grown used to, and I think it's a, a concern, but I do think ultimately they believe they're going to regain that and they're going to bring that turnover number back down. I think it's been something like two and a half more turnovers per game that they've averaged in the bubble than they had before the NBA restarted. So I think they believe that that number is going to come down, but you're right, it's an absolute killer. When you have something like three live ball turnovers against the Houston Rockets in the final three minutes of the game, you're going to lose that against any NBA team. That is just not the level of execution that the Bucks expect or, or really that any NBA team expects so uh, they got to clean it up and I I think they're very aware of it and ultimately I think they will they'll use this final seeding game and then that first round series against the Magic as a tune-up and get themselves ready for the second round
0: gonna go ahead and get out of here but Eric always a pleasure to chat with you it looks like tomorrow night most likely I think we think uh, Giannis is not going to be there and then we'll be chatting once they get into the postseason okay sounds good Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. Eric Name, Milwaukee Basketball Insider for The Athletic, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Eric underscore Name, N-E-H-M. And as Schneider, they've been doing it for 85-plus years. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.